Hello and welcome to day 55 of our Bible reading course. Keeping up our whirlwind tour of the prophets, we arrive today at the book of Ezekiel, where our reading is chapters 10 and 11. Let's pray. Eternal God, enthroned in majesty and splendour, lift my eyes to you now that I may see something of your glory as I listen to your word. In Jesus' name. Amen. I looked, and I saw the likeness of a throne of lapis lazuli above the vault that was over the heads of the cherubim. The Lord said to the man clothed in linen, Go in among the wheels beneath the cherubim. Fill your hands with burning coals from among the cherubim, and scatter them over the city. And as I watched, he went in. Now the cherubim were standing on the south side of the temple when the man went in, and a cloud filled the inner court. Then the glory of the Lord rose from above the cherubim and moved to the threshold of the temple. The cloud filled the temple, and the court was full of the radiance of the glory of the Lord. The sound of the wings of the cherubim could be heard as far away as the outer court, like the voice of God Almighty when he speaks. When the Lord commanded the man in linen, Take fire from among the wheels, from among the cherubim, the man went in and stood beside a wheel. Then one of the cherubim reached out his hand to the fire that was among them. He took up some of it and put it into the hands of the man in linen, who took it and went out. Under the wings of the cherubim could be seen what looked like human hands. I looked, and I saw beside the cherubim four wheels, one beside each of the cherubim. The wheels sparkled like topaz. As for their appearance, the four of them looked alike, each was like a wheel intersecting a wheel. As they moved, they would go in any of the four directions the cherubim faced. The wheels did not turn about as the cherubim went. The cherubim went in whatever direction the head faced, without turning as they went. Their entire bodies, including their backs, their hands and their wings, were completely full of eyes, as were their four wheels. I heard the wheels being called the whirling wheels, each of the cherubim had four faces. One face was that of a cherub, the second the face of a human being, the third the face of a lion, and the fourth the face of an eagle. Then the cherubim rose upward. These were the living creatures I had seen by the river Kibar. When the cherubim moved, the wheels beside them moved, and when the cherubim spread their wings to rise from the ground, the wheels did not leave their side. When the cherubim stood still, they also stood still, and when the cherubim rose, they rose with them, because the spirit of the living creatures was in them. Then the glory of the Lord departed from over the threshold of the temple and stopped above the cherubim. While I watched, the cherubim spread their wings and rose from the ground, and as they went, the wheels went with them. They stopped at the entrance of the east gate of the Lord's house, and the glory of the God of Israel was above them. These were the living creatures I had seen beneath the God of Israel by the river Kibar, and I realised that they were cherubim. Each had four faces and four wings, and under their wings was what looked like human hands. Their faces had the same appearance as those I had seen by the river Kibar. Each one went straight ahead. Then the Spirit lifted me up and brought me to the gate of the house of the Lord that faces east. 
There at the entrance of the gate were twenty-five men, and I saw among them Jazaniah son of Azur and Pelatiah son of Benaiah, leaders of the people. The Lord said to me, Son of man, these are the men who are plotting evil and giving wicked advice in this city. They say, Haven't our houses been recently rebuilt? This city is a pot, and we are the meat in it. Therefore prophesy against them, prophesy, son of man. Then the Spirit of the Lord came on me, and he told me to say, This is what the Lord says. This is what you are saying, you leaders in Israel, but I know what is going through your mind. You have killed many people in this city, and filled its streets with the dead. Therefore this is what the Sovereign Lord says. The bodies you have thrown there are the meat, and this city is the pot. But I will drive you out of it. You fear the sword, and the sword is what I will bring against you, declares the Sovereign Lord. I will drive you out of the city and deliver you into the hands of foreigners and inflict punishment on you. You will fall by the sword, and I will execute judgment on you at the borders of Israel. Then you will know that I am the Lord. This city will not be a pot for you, nor will you be the meat in it. I will execute judgment on you at the borders of Israel, and you will know that I am the Lord. For you have not followed my decrees or kept my laws, but have conformed to the standards of the nations around you. Now as I was prophesying, Pelatiah son of Benaiah died. Then I fell face down and cried out in a loud voice, Alas, sovereign Lord! Will you completely destroy the remnant of Israel? The word of the Lord came to me. Son of man, the people of Jerusalem have said of your fellow exiles and all the other Israelites, they are far away from the Lord. This land was given to us as our possession. Therefore say, this is what the sovereign Lord says. Although I sent them far away among the nations and scattered them among the countries, Yet for a little while I have been a sanctuary for them in the countries where they have gone. Therefore say, this is what the Sovereign Lord says, I will gather you from the nations and bring you back from the countries where you have been scattered, and I will give you back the land of Israel again. They will return to it and remove all its vile images and detestable idols. I will give them an undivided heart and put a new spirit in them, I will remove from them their heart of stone and give them a heart of flesh. Then they will follow my decrees and be careful to keep my laws. They will be my people and I will be their God. But as for those whose hearts are devoted to their vile images and detestable idols, I will bring down on their own heads what they have done, declares the Sovereign Lord. Then the cherubim, with the wheels beside them, spread their wings and the glory of the God of Israel was above them. The glory of the Lord went up from within the city and stopped above the mountain east of it. The Spirit lifted me up and brought me to the exiles in Babylonia in the vision given by the Spirit of God. Then the vision I had seen went up from me, and I told the exiles everything the Lord had shown me. While Jeremiah remained in Jerusalem after the first deportation in 597 BC, Ezekiel was among those carried off into exile, where he lived in a place called Tel Abib by the river Kibar. We don't know exactly where this was, 
but perhaps some kind of irrigation canal of the river Euphrates, near to Babylon itself. Though he'd possibly been training to be a priest in Jerusalem, Ezekiel is now commissioned by God to be a prophet and bring his word to the exiles. The first part of his book is filled with messages of judgment, including to those still in Jerusalem who have failed to heed the many calls to forsake their idols and unjust behaviour and turn back to God. He also enacts some dramatic symbols, including building a clay model of Jerusalem and laying siege to it for over a year. In chapters 10 and 11, Ezekiel has a vision from God, similar to the one he received at the time of his calling in chapter 1, which you might like to read later. He's taken in his mind's eye back to the temple in Jerusalem, where he sees the likeness of the throne of God above some cherubim. This reminds us of the Ark of the Covenant, where the Lord's presence was above the atonement cover and its golden cherubim. Ezekiel watches as the glory of the Lord leaves the Holy of Holies, with the sound of wings and the whirling of wheels indicating that he is on the move. It's a dramatic scene, absorbing the senses. As the vision continues, Ezekiel is told to speak the word of the Lord against the leaders left in Jerusalem, who have not followed my decrees or kept my laws, but have conformed to the standards of the nations around you. Chapter 11, verse 12. Turning to the exiles in Babylon, God says that he has been a sanctuary for them during their time there. And as we have seen with Isaiah, Jeremiah and others before, promises to bring them back home again. But as with yesterday's new covenant, things will be different this time. I will give them an undivided heart and put a new spirit in them. I will remove from them their heart of stone and give them a heart of flesh. Then they will follow my decrees and be careful to keep my laws. They will be my people and I will be their God. Chapter 11, 19 to 20. It's amazing how God speaks to different people in different places with the same message. Finally, the divine entourage prepares to move again, and the glory of God leaves not just the temple, but the city too. It hovers above the Mount of Olives, the very place from where the Lord Jesus will one day enter the city on Palm Sunday as its king. It's quite remarkable, and at times hard to read, just how many words of judgment the prophets contain. It shows on the one hand how serious the people's sins were before God, and on the other how stubborn they were to respond to his voice. Again and again he warns them, again and again they ignore him. Without necessarily thinking about sin, is there something that God has been saying to me for some while now? But time and again, I have avoided it, pushed it to one side, and hoped it would go away. It could be about anything. In an age when heart transplants are routinely carried out for those with major coronary illness, the image of God replacing hearts of stone with hearts of flesh is both vivid and powerful. What does he mean by a heart of flesh? Have I had such a transplant, or am I still on the operating table? What next step might I need to take for the Lord to remove the old 
and insert the new. Lord God, my Heavenly Father, you were a sanctuary for your people in exile, far from their homes and your temple. Please be a sanctuary for me during this lockdown period, when I can't gather with your people in church. Protect me, sustain me, and be close to me throughout these weeks, I pray. And help me to avoid the mistake of those who remained in Jerusalem and conformed to the standards of the nations around them. Rather, as the Apostle Paul put it, may I be transformed by the renewing of my mind. Amen.